Hey friends, welcome back to day 131 in our journey through the Bible. Let's get started. Well, hello there once again. Welcome back. We are traveling through the Bible chronologically, and some of you have been reading along with us through the YouVersion app. Others of you are just following along in the narrative of the story as we have went all the way from the very beginning in Genesis to now we find ourselves landed in the middle of David's life. And we have been in 2 Samuel, we've been over in Chronicles, we've been in the Psalms, we've been in a variety of places, but studying, at this point, David's life. And this week, we read a a story that um, it always brings a smile to my face when I read it. It always brings it always brings a song to my mind. There's a song I got to just say who we're talking about. We're talking about Mephibosheth. Now, you may remember reading that. If you didn't, I'm going to tell you the story of Mephibosheth here in just a second. But there was a Southern Gospel song called Mephibosheth. And the fact that you can get that big word with its syllables in a song is pretty impressive. But it was a good song and Mephibosheth is a neat story, and the story, it doesn't necessarily begin, but I'm going to begin it in chapter number 9 of 2 Samuel. And the the thought that came to my mind as I read this and just kind of looking over for this podcast today, I want to give at the beginning before I talk about Mephibosheth, but it said, David said, David said, is there yet any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake. It's an interesting phrase because David now has been made king. His name is great. We saw that really in in the end of chapter eight. Um, His name is great among many people, but yet he stops to think about the house of Saul, a man who made his life miserable for much of those years as he, as he, ran from Saul, concerned about his life, even ran to his enemies at one time, the Philistines, had to act like a crazy man. Saul was intentionally trying to make his life miserable. But Saul had a son named Jonathan. And Jonathan was a best friend to David. Jonathan was someone who David loved. And he's now arrived. He's now got to the place that he's been wanting to get to and thinking about getting to, I'm not saying it wanting in the eagerly sense of jealousy over Saul type of thing, because he didn't display that at all. But I mean, when you're a young teenage boy and you're anointed to be the next king, you're kind of wondering when's that going to happen? What's it going to feel like? What's it going to look like? And now he is the king. He's got this moment. I mean, you you would think just, hey, live, live it up. It's just for yourself. But he says, hey, is there anybody that I can initiate kindness to? Can you think of anybody in the house of Saul not to go back and kill them like most kings do? Like the kings that would follow David, when you read, when we read here soon in the first and second kings in them, you're going to see some of the new kings come to throne. They kill off the family members of the former king or even their own family members at times to make sure that their, their reign is secure. But David doesn't say, I want to go find somebody that I could kill to get revenge on Saul. He says out of nowhere, can you find me someone? Is there anyone that I can show kindness to in the house of Saul? And then he 
adds to that. He says, for Jonathan's sake. Saul may not have been the best to me, but Jonathan was a friend. Is there anyone that I can bless? Is there anyone that I can show kindness to for the sake of Jonathan? And you know, I think that is a message that needs to be heard in our society today because I believe that our society looks to who they can hurt and not who they can help. Our society looks to who they can bruise and not who they can bless. And we need to be a people that encourage others. We need to be a people that help others. We need to look out who can we show kindness to. Matter of fact, it is a fruit of the Spirit that we are to be love and joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. But the word kindness there, we're to be show kindness to others. We're to be gentle among others. But a lot in our society aren't. And if you follow face, Facebook or social media much, which I, I am trying my best to not be on it as much because it is filled with the opposite of kindness. People are not kind anymore. People look to who they can ridicule. They look to who they can criticize. Who can, can they complain about? You see fights. You see people just walking up randomly and shooting people. And there's craziness going on. But David in his time said something that I think that we need to get back to saying today, even if no one else says it, we need to get back to this spirit. When David says, is there anyone? And then he picks the house of Saul that I can show kindness to. Well, there was an answer. And the answer was that Jonathan, David's best friend that had died with his dad, Saul, who was the rightful heir to the king as far as that goes, but not as far as God's plan and what God said would happen. But Jonathan had a son named Mephibosheth. So technically, if people wanted to be technical, he was kind of, he was in the lineage to be king. I mean, he wasn't, but he could have been a threat to David. And David said, I want to show this man kindness. And so David goes to the house of Saul and he finds Mephibosheth. And we find that Mephibosheth had some issues. He was a man who was handicapped. He was crippled. When he was young, when they were fleeing, he was dropped by his maid and it left him crippled. He was a man that others would look at as nothing. He described himself as a dead dog. I'm a nobody. But David sent, and it says he fetched him. And then David made some, some promises. And really, Mephibosheth was a guy who, by all accounts, he, he deserved to die. I mean, he was a threat to the king in some sense. But his life was not only spared, but he was afforded an intimate and a personal relationship with the king. A king that he should have been estranged to, but, but the king showed him compassion. The king showed him a word that is used every time you hear the name Mephibosheth. It is a word that every time you hear a message preached on with Mephibosheth, this word is going to come up. It's the word grace. This is a story of grace. Because this man deserved to die. This man deserved nothing. Not, not. I don't want to say that. A lot of times we use that in context. That's probably why I'm, I'm catching myself here. A lot of times we say that in context of these wicked sinners. I don't know that Mephibosheth was this wicked, hateful sinner. that. It, no, I'm not saying all that. I'm just saying he didn't deserve what he got. 
But David said to him, Hey, I'm going to give you all this land. And you're going to eat at not just a nice table, you're going to eat at my table, the king's table. And David showed him kindness. He told him, if I read in verse 7, he said, Fear not. He told him not to fear. I'm sure Mephibosheth was scared to death. He said, Fear not. For I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan thy father's sake, and will restore thee all the land of Saul thy father. And thou shalt eat bread at my table continually. What grace was shown. And why? Was it because Mephibosheth had done something for David? Was that what it was for? No, no, no. He said, I'm going to show you this kindness and this grace for the sake of Jonathan. Do you know what? God shows you and I kindness and grace and mercy every day, not because of anything we've done, but because of our because of Jesus Christ and what he has done. And because of what Jesus Christ and what he has done, we now have this intimate relationship with God and access to his grace that we don't deserve. And Mephibosheth experienced that here because of his father, Jonathan. And so, I love this story. I love the story of how David sought out this man, this crippled man, this man that could have been a threat to his kingdom. And he showed him kindness and he showed him grace. And in a day that shows anything but kindness and anything but grace, this is the example that we need to have. This is one of those things that I love about David, which ironically comes just two chapters before the thing that we all hate about David. David's worst chapter his black eye is coming in chapter 11, but two chapters before that. I don't know how long that is in the time span of things. I don't think it was next day, but just two chapters before my eyes are looking at his grace on the left side of my page of the Bible. And then right here on the right side, I want to close my right eye because I see chapter 11 and we haven't got there yet. You're going to read it tomorrow, I think. I didn't look ahead to see if we go back over to the Psalms of the Chronicles. But I know chapter 11 is coming and chapter 11 is such a terrible, ugly, wicked scene. But chapter 9 is grace and it's amazing. And that's who we are sometimes. Sometimes we can be so full of kindness and some sometimes... We can be so full of wickedness. And that's why God's grace is so amazing, that God loves us in spite of all of this. God loved David in spite of this. He referred to him as a man after my own heart, in spite of leaven, understanding even chapter 9. And so I want to challenge you this week on the podcast as we've just kind of spent a little bit of time on David again, because that's where we're reading. But do you ever seek out to show kindness? Do you ever seek someone out to show grace. You say, well, they don't deserve it. Perfect. Now you get an opportunity to show grace. Well, what have they done for me? It doesn't matter. You get an opportunity to show grace. Today, we have a lot of ways to do it. We may not be able to give people land and let them eat at your table every day. That could be kind of weird, but we can send a text message of kindness and encouragement. We can send them a letter. We could help them with a need. There's a lot of ways that we can show kindness and grace. I think this week, of you know, four men in our church went to take a hospital bed to someone who is going through an extremely difficult time. Extremely difficult time. Lost all 
uh, all ability with cancer in his spine to his legs and everything. And things uh, just haven't been going well for this man, but others were able to show kindness and take time out of their day to go show kindness. And, and I know the men, and I haven't asked them, but I bet if I did, you know what they would say? It was an honor to be able to do it. You know why? Because when you do good to others, there's a sense of peace that comes over you because you're acting as your heavenly father. But the opposite is true. When you and I are selfish and hateful and wicked and critical, you don't feel good. You don't because you're acting as Satan as the flesh, as wickedness. So my challenge to you this week is let's be men and women of grace. Let's be men and women that seek to do kindness and seek to spread kindness and show to others. Sometimes we look at that and say, oh, that's just someone being, being. I mean, if I use a church term, liberal, not in the politics sense. Oh, you're just being liberal. You're just talking love, love, kind, kind. Here's the weird thing. When I study the Bible... I see a lot about love and I see a lot about kindness. When I read the fruit of the spirit, I see a lot about love and I see a lot about kindness. So I'm just going to try to follow the Bible. I don't mean that you don't say something is sinful if it's sinful, because in two chapters, Nathan is going to come to David, his king, and say, hey, what you did is sinful and it's wrong. And you know what? That was the most loving and kind thing Nathan could do. But I don't see in the fruit of the Spirit being critical. And I don't see in the fruit of the Spirit being selfish. So let's be men and women of kindness and grace this week. Have a great week. We'll see you back on Sunday with our next study in Romans. I did write a newsletter this week. I want to encourage you. You can still sign up and go to bradmcclure.org. You say, I'm on the newsletter. Why should they sign up? Because you, you haven't sent a message in a month. That's true. Very true. But I might, and I plan on getting back to it, and I'm doing some extra writing for some just just uh, random life, Christian life writing. Well, I say I should say I'm doing it. I'm in the process of doing it, so and brainstorming on that. So just thank you guys for being a part of the podcast. Hope this was helpful to you. Show some kindness this week. Show some grace, and we look forward to being back with you next week. Have a great week. <laughs>